and we're live what's going on people this is the real talk real walk family and we are back again with another episode another episode where we got three of us back together again yeah yeah (laughs) another episode where we're gonna dive into aura's life because she's been missing Another episode full of knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Get it. Yes. Another episode where we are here to take over your Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple. That's it, that's Come it. On. Another episode where Ema gives us the scriptures you probably never read before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Back with myself, Gabs. Myself, Mr. Game Changer. And your girl, Aura. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, however you're listening. We thank you for tuning in back in with another episode. So chat to us. What's going on, people, man? It's another time since we've been recording. What's been happening? Been First of all, all right, let's, let's address all right. Welcome back. Thank you wow. very much. Wow. Where have you been running to? Didn't even ask of me. Nobody DM'd me. I could have been dead. No, I'm just kidding. But wow. still check on your people that are missing because, you know, you never know what people are going through. Wow. But in my case, yeah, I was Show very Aura some crying. love. Aura, Aura is clearly needs of some love and affection. So, guys, DM Aura. I'm Message so Aura. Away not even one DM. No, I'm joking. Wow. Um, <laughs> so, obviously, you guys know I had a baby. Wow. She's always... Yeah, that's it. So, the whole time I was recording... Your girl was with child. Well, not mm. the whole time, but the last nine months, nine, ten months. Um, I had a baby. She's six weeks old. She will be six weeks old on Sunday at the time oh. of recording. But I think by the time you guys hear this, she'll already be six weeks old, probably going on to seven weeks. Mm. So, yeah, she's absolutely changed our lives and made her presence felt. She's my twin. She looks like me, I think, but she does look a bit like her dad as well. <laughs> she does. She definitely oh. has my eyes. She looks a lot like me. So, mm-hmm. And she's so adorable and cute. Her name is Ramaya. Oh, and yeah, that's a lovely I've been. name. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's where I've been. <laughs> wow. Congratulations. Thank Amen. you. Very much. Congratulations <laughs> again. Welcome thank to you the world. Bruh, it's a lot. I can't really hear you even. You I said, said welcome to the parenting world. Oh. No, but you didn't want me. You did not <laughs> let me know. Because parenting is a baptism of fire. And I'm only six weeks in. <laughs> oh, my god! Welcome. Gosh. Ah. <laughs> welcome. Bruh. It's a fun thing. It's, it comes with its challenging. It challenges, sorry. But uh, nah, man. Hey, it's, it's hey, man turn your mic up a little bit, please. So, one sec. Yeah. So I was saying that now nah, it's it's a great like it's a great thing. It's a great experience, but it comes with its challenges, especially like newborns. Like just the, the breast life is life for everything <laughs> is more. intense. We can get into it if y'all want to know the tea, but it's a lot. It's get into it, man. Cause you know the people are gonna be thinking, all right, tell us then, give us the tea, give us the juice. How was it? Right. Okay. So Obviously, um, when my husband and I hit two years of marriage, we had already kind of said before we got married that around the two-year mark, that's when we think about having babies. Mm. Obviously, we didn't plan for a pandemic, but a panoramic even. But here mm. we are. Mm. So once it, once we hit two years of... Oh, there's an echo. I don't know if you guys can hear that. Once we hit two years of marriage last year, June, obviously, 
we decided, okay, Lord, if this is your will, let us kind of expand our family. Mm-hmm. And pretty quickly, by God's grace, I got pregnant. Wow. And my daughter actually was born um, exactly nine months to the day of our we- wedding anniversary. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. So, Make so that she's, a, yeah, she's <laughs> a wedding anniversary baby. I hear that. <laughs> Possibly. We know nobody knows exactly. I hear that. But make of that what you will. Wink wink. No, I'm joking. I don't know. To be honest. <laughs> you said wink wink. How how was the pregnancy, ma'am? What I wanna oh, know to... did you Go have on. weird and silly cravings? I only had like, one. I remember E Man, I remember E Man telling us his wife didn't like was it perfume or something that she was irritated yeah. by. Is that did that happen yeah. for you? Or was is that a real thing or a yeah, no, it's real. So in my first few weeks of pregnancy, I developed an aversion for like chicken. Like I could not stand the smell of, of raw chicken being cooked. Sorry, you I developed a what? Chicken. Come and see. Come and see English. You developed a what for chicken? <laughs> an aversion to the aversion. smell and the taste of chicken. So wow. I just couldn't cope. What's an aversion? Over the English. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. I wanted to avoid. So yeah, I didn't. I really didn't like the smell of chicken for like. But that, thank God, that didn't last very long. And then I only had one craving, <laughs> which guys, you're gonna laugh. My only craving throughout my entire pregnancy was pounded jam. And oh my days, you're more worried to real long. Like pregnancy is a scam, bro. Pregnancy is a scam. I ate pounded jam like maybe once every six months, if that. I had pounded wow. jam like every two weeks when I was pregnant. I had it so what? much. Wow. I was really like, it was a big craving for me. Like, wow, that's wow. interesting. Wow. Yeah, like, and you and you knew it. You were like, no, nah, you know what? I I want pounded jam every. Yeah, literally, it was like every two weeks. I'd be like, I need to okay. eat pounded jam. Like right. it was, <laughs> and I'll eat it like twice in that week, two three times a week. For I find pregnant. it. In- I find it interesting that. Like pregnant women know specifically what they want yeah. more time. Like yeah. they're like, I want a McFlurry. I want, I want that um, pizza from Iceland. I want Nando's. Like I want KFC. Yeah, that's, listen, when the craving hits you, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just like you just need to have it. <laughs> See, those no, cravings you know make like, sense though, but pounded yam of all things. Listen, you'd be surprised. There's right, like ladies, bird, pregnant ladies can have different some. There's, um, I even found out like a couple months ago, like one sister that I know, like she, she had a craving for chalk. Yeah, that chalk. happened. Like, as in, as in, as in what you do in school. <laughs> chalk, bro. What's she doing with the chalk? Um, what's it called? Eat like, it. Detergent. Eat chalk, bro. Eating chalk. Bro, you're pulling my leg, bro. I'm not that's, pulling my leg, bro. That, it's a though. serious that's, thing. I think it's called pika when you have a huh. craving for something that you can't. Like you're not supposed to eat, so people have it with washing powder and things like how that. How does well. she? What you, you said? What? How, you said what? How does she know what yeah, chalk tastes powder. like? How do you know what washing yeah. powder tastes like? That you're craving, you want to eat. No, because obviously a large part of your taste is the smell. Yeah. So I guess like in that in that situation, it's probably the way it smells that you, it kind of smells how it tastes. You want to taste it. I don't know how to explain yeah. it. Yeah, it's weird. I didn't I, have that. Thank <laughs> God. <laughs> No, that's a <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird one. I just remember, I remember Toby, like, for her, um, there were a few things, but there was one random one where she was like, there's a vegetable in Chinese that I'm looking for. She's like, babe, what's that thing called? I'm like, babe, what do you mean? She's like, I, I'm saying all the common vegetables. She's like, babe, it's not, if it was that, I would have told you. I said, what is it? So then she called her mum now, 
And she's like, Mom, what's the name of that vegetable that's in that Chinese, this particular Chinese thing or whatever? Then her mum was like, oh, do you mean Pak Choi? That's exactly what I was thinking in my head. I was going to say, I bet it's Pak Choi. Pak Choi. <laughs> I was about to say, I bet it's Pak Choi. P-A-K, then space. It's like Chinese uh, cabbage. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. It was Pak so, so then she called up the Chinese restaurant. She was like, oh, yeah. Do you put Pak Choi in X, Y, Z, in this meal or whatever? They were like, yeah, we do. Ordered it. And I'm like, it's so random. It doesn't make sense. Another one was um, sandwiches from uh, Marks and Spencer's, the bacon and chicken one. Like every Friday, when we, because oh, them times yeah. there when we were doing church on Fridays, every Friday on our way back, we stop at Marks and Spencer's. I would get out of the car, buy her the Marks and Spencer's uh, chicken and bacon sandwich. She'll go home and have that with tea every blessed Friday. <laughs> Another I used to, one. at one point, I got like a craving for bacon sandwiches as well. Like, oh. To the cafe near my house and I'd buy bacon sandwiches for breakfast. I did Guys. that a couple of times. But, huh. yeah. Listen, pregnancy is a real scat. There was a time where earlier on in the first trimester, it was Nando's and it was Nando's Caesar salad. I'm like, bruh, like, where do you think we're getting my-? And you know, Caesar salad isn't cheap as well. Like Caesar salad. Every week, Caesar salad. I said, bruh, like, Pregnancy is a real scam, my people. And if you're trying and for the man them, if for the man them, if you're trying to keep healthy, bruh, unless yeah, unless you're active in cooking or unless like your wife yeah. is still active while if she's not really like heavily tired, bruh, like you're gonna have to you're gonna have to figure out what eating looks like because you will not <laughs> be very, eating very at all. What so, I wanna, what, what I wanna um inquire about though, yeah. Is obviously already you was eating pounded yum every two weeks and that sort of stuff. And people have all the women have all that all these weird cravings, interesting desires, and all that sort of stuff, like cake, biscuit, whatever. What do you do? Probably a question for email. What do you do like if <laughs> if your wife is um desiring food that is not good for yeah. her, or she's desiring food that goes against her fitness regime, or she's desiring oh, food that's, that's not good. like what do you do, bro? I just tell you for now, you don't have an option. You get it, bro. That's what I find hard, bro. That's what I find hard to deal with, bro. Bro, it, bro. Let me tell you something. And this is a message. This is a message to all men who are on their way there, or their missus is currently pregnant. You can't argue. You can't fight with a pregnant. My missus is not pregnant, by the way. Before somebody messages, my missus is not pregnant. Don't want to start rumors on this podcast today. Let's 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 clarify that one. That's not happening, but. The point is, a man them will try and rationalize things, especially when it's your first child. When it's your first child, you'll try and be like X, Y, Z. Like the first, like when we first found out, like Mrs. was always tired. And I'm like, I've always known her, someone who's active, who's always working, who's always trying to figure out something. Like she was working on one of her businesses at the time. And then she's gone from that to waking up in the morning, eating breakfast and going straight back to bed. Now, when that pregnancy tiredness is something wow. different, like bro, bro, it, it slapped me for sick. I'm like, how is my wife waking up, no, having breakfast, and going back to bed? So I can't lie. Like at first, I was very pissed off. Then three weeks into it, I was like, nah, this can't be how it's gonna be for nine months. So I called my pops. I was like, pops, I'm like, you need to help me here because all my wife is doing at the minute is sleeping, eating KFC, and eating uh, sandwiches wow. from. Uh, Marks and Spencer's. He was like, "Son, let is me it, tell is you your, this." Is your like, wife like food conscious? As in, like, is she? Um, 
Is she like a fitness woman or does she, is she careful about the food she eats? Or is it so natural at the time, for her to eat KFC and stuff? No, 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 no. Trust me. Like, like, yeah. If, if anyone's going to eat KFC more time, it'll be me, even though sometimes she does have it or like she doesn't like McDonald's. But at that time we were, we were very much off a lot of like refined sugars and stuff like that. So we were in very good shape and obviously like a married couple, their spontaneous life restaurant xyz so we mm. but she was very um conscious of what was going on so was i but at the same time it was kind of like we weren't like rigid rigid per se like counting your number counting the number of calories but there we were more health health conscious that's the point so for her to kind of go from that to so completely lo- like falling off and going yeah. I want Nando's. I want KFC. I want, you know, this. And to be fair, like her cravings weren't as bad as a lot of women that I know. So that one, her one is very small in comparison to others. And it also changed across like the, during the pregnancy yeah, of what she wanted specifically, which happens for a lot of women. But the point is that I had to quickly realize that I'm, I am, I am trying to be pragmatic with someone who's actually got another human being on the inside of them. And when I spoke to my pops, he was like, look, son, like, she's got another human being inside of them. They can't control, they can't necessarily control how they, if they're hungry, they're genuinely hungry. Like if they've got crave, like the craving is intense. You can't put yourself in a woman's, you can't put yourself in a pregnant woman's body, but trust me, it's intense. Then I spoke to my mom and I spoke to my mom-in-law and they were like, yeah, because I obviously I needed to get a woman's perspective. I've spoken to both of them and they're sharing the same thing. So quickly i had to adapt and go okay cool like if she's craving something you know what i'll do that even if it's a, it, thank god like there what it wasn't bad like in the middle of the night but then one or two times where she was like oh babe um i'd like a mcflurry or oh babe i'd like ice cream thankfully we had like a 24 hours mcdonald cl- close by and we had a 24 hour tesco so if worst case scenario i'd be able to do that so i just kind of humbled myself and made myself more like you know what as a man, stop trying to rationalize things when it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And when you speak, when you speak to loads of different women, some I've, I know some women that never had craving issues. I know women that had loads of craving issues. I know women like an, another example with the missus. We both don't re, we both don't like egg. When she was pregnant, bro, she backed egg. Calm, yeah, calm, so bro. Bro, literally. <laughs> so, so there's some so women, do you, yeah? pro- do you provide? Do you provide? Did you provide your wife the food that she wanted, even though you knew it's not what she liked or it's not good for her? Bro, uh, bro, if she said, if she, bro, if she, you have to, you don't have a choice. What do you? Bro, you have to. I'm being serious. Bro, I don't have to explain it. Thank God, because I was the same. Like I don't eat, so I don't. I I tend not to eat dairy. I pre-pregnancy, all of that stuff I, I stayed away from. I had quite a, a very decent diet. But in pregnancy, I ate cheese, I ate wow. ice cream, I ate <laughs> oh I, I don't eat pork. Days. I was eating bacon, I was eating bacon sandwiches. That's <laughs> Even my husband was like, uh-uh, you can't be eating bacon sandwiches this often. I was like, pardon. He, just, <laughs> he, just, <laughs> <okay. laughs> he was very good. Like he knew the drill. If it's 7 p.m. I want milk flurry, just like Eman was saying he will take me because what what else can you do especially when you get to a third trimester and you actually can't move yeah like, like right. it just gets harder and harder so you better just the least you can do as a man is just provide yeah food yeah and literally satisfy the cravings literally trust me trust me that what bro i'll tell you from now for ahead don't even try and do oh 
watch your calorie in, bruv. That don't one doesn't matter, man. There's a that there's a me, whole bro. human that's, being. That's something I would do, though. Yeah, uh, no. that's that's why we're that's telling you ahead of time. It's not that time, bro. It's not ah, uh, watch what you are eating. No, if she says, look, I want ice cream. I want I want to hear, uh, eat a whole tub of ice cream, bro. You will sit down and watch her eat that ice cream, <laughs> and there's nothing you can say, bro, because you're not the one that's carrying the baby. That's yeah, all it's true. Definitely, it doesn't even so, stop after pregnancy because now I'm postpartum and I'm breastfeeding, and I get so the hung- I feel like the the breastfeeding hunger is worse than the pregnancy one. Even my husband was like, wow, you eat a lot these days. I was like, I know because I'm always hungry because yeah. my baby is just eating everything that I'm eating all the time. Yeah. I'm so yeah. hungry. It's, yeah. it's actually terrible. It's nice and it's understandable. It's understandable. Like breastfeeding is hard work it's and bruh. you also need to eat to be able to give, like you're eating, when people, like I know people, like some women argue about the eating for two thing, but you need to be able to eat enough and you need to be able to eat well, well enough as well as in as in good food, a good balance of food to be able to support the for, to be able to support the baby. Because at the end of the day, baby's drawing from the nutrients that you're eating yeah. and all the stuff that you're eating. So they, there's there's that there as well. So yeah, that it's a reality. So I I definitely hear you. Like me, I say chop on, and at the end of the day, <laughs> it does be chopping at the end of the day. But you know, I understand. Another myth, though. Also, yeah. Go on, say go on. Go, now, I was also going to say, once again, I know I said it to you before, but once again, congratulations, because, you know, childbirth is a very, you know, <laughs> oh, it's God. a very big thing. <laughs> like, and I think it's so underestimated. I think it's something that people think, I think people just think, especially in our day and age, I think people just think people just sleep together and just have children. Like, it doesn't, work like, it doesn't work like that. There's couples that have been trying for yep. years. There's couples that do IVF and all Honestly. sorts of things and surrogacy and all of that kind of stuff. So you know, the miracle of having a child is a very big thing. So yeah, once really again, is. just cr- congratulations. Like, oh, very, I actually have to like shout out God on this one because I was very concerned. Ah. I had a bit of a high risk pregnancy only in terms of because of pre-existing medical conditions that I had had. But mm. honestly, if anybody is looking for children, I honestly pray the same blessings that I had onto you because Amen. like you said, pregnancy, not only to fall pregnant and to stay pregnant, but to go through the 40, 40, I was pregnant for 42 weeks because I was so overdue, but <laughs> to mm, go wow. go through the 42 weeks of pregnancy mm. and to come out with your child and both mother and child are walking mm. out of the hospital, yeah. it's, a big, it's, it's just honestly just the grace of God mm-hmm. because some people, they get there, the baby, for reasons, sometimes the baby doesn't always make it through. So mm-hmm. honestly, it's the grace of God and I pray for every single one under the sound of my voice who's listening, who desires a child or who is already pregnant. I just pray that the Lord will see you through and the Lord will give you Amen. children. I, like I tweeted a couple of weeks ago, when I was, before we fell pregnant, it was very much an intentional prayer thing and God mm-hmm. was faithful. But we also prayed for a few of our friends who we knew that either wanted children or mm-hmm. were looking and by God's grace, literally quite a lot of them have conceived or had their children. Wow, so genuinely, God, if you believe it, I'm praying for you also. Amen. Amen. Wow, that's a real mother's prayer, guys. <laughs> that's, that prayers for you be screaming amen to that one, man. Yeah, for real. For real. For real bro. On the, what I wanted to ask though, Eman, yeah. All right, you could probably ask mm-hmm. as well, yeah. This this myth that you know, like wives can just ask their husbands at two AM in the morning that they want chocolate and they have to go Tesco and buy it. Is that a real <laughs> thing? Or is it or, or are they lying to us? I've already said my own. I said I was amongst them. I, I, thank, thankfully, Mrs. didn't do that all the time. But there were times where ah, bro, but me, I'm an, I, bro. I'm what late I'm in the late in the night, yeah, late in the bro, night. Oh, early in the morning, bro. 
early in the morning. And me, I'm a night, night owl, like I said. So I, I wasn't too fast. But for the man them that sleep early or are already sleeping and their missus like wakes up, taps them, babe, babe, hello, babe, babe, I'm hungry. I want my keys. <laughs> but I'm sleeping. Yeah, but I'm hungry. So that one, even if you're frustrated, like it doesn't mean you're not going to be frustrated. But in your frustration, you have to be able to understand that, look, they cannot control it as much. Like, this is not where it's like, ah, I'm, you know, I'm single, you know, I have no child or I'm married, I have no child and I just have, I'm, I'm doing a diet at the minute and I just have to keep discipline. This is, there's a whole human being and that one, you have no control and say, oh, sorry, I don't feel like eating. I don't feel like I'm water fast. No way. No way. But yeah, or, or I can also speak from a woman's perspective. I was blessed in that I didn't have any 2 a.m., 3 a.m. cravings. So I wasn't waking up my husband to say, let's have this. I used to like, <laughs> I would know my craving in advance because most of the time it was just powder jam. So if I hadn't had it in like two weeks, I would be like, on Monday, I want powder jam. I'm going to have it on Tuesday or whatever. So, my mm-hmm. husband, so he was prepared mm-hmm. for like the day that I wanted it. So he yeah. knew like what he had to do. He was very good. He didn't really use to fight me on my cravings. He just did what he had to do. Like, so who, who made the pounded yam? Who made I the used to order it from Squire's Cafe because it's wow. like 10 minutes away from my house. <laughs> and then my mum found out that I was craving pounded jam. She would um, make me the stew and then I'd, I'd just do the pounded jam at home myself. But she was okay. like, you can't keep buying this. It's an expensive habit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, that, that, is funny, that pound of jam is doing me, man. I still don't no, believe it. Every two weeks, you must have been sleeping and putting on weight. The thing is, I didn't even put on that much weight, surprisingly. I always thought oh, because wow. I'm quite petite, I would put on a lot of weight. Um, but I mean, of course, after you put on weight, you're pregnant, but it wasn't as bad as I thought. Like, I thought I was gonna yeah. balloon, but we thank God it wasn't that bad. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not putting on any pressure on myself to to get back to my my body or whatever. All yeah. of that is, is RIP to the old body. <laughs> I don't think it's coming yeah, back. No, there's, listen, there's uh, like, you know, I, I know some ladies might be like, like, don't insert yourself, but look, like obviously, as a parent myself, um, there's no pressure on you to snap. Like that's societal norms yeah, and standards. Like they, everyone wants you to, but pe- like a lot of people don't even deep like. The pressure that someone has to even go through to yeah. snap back the work that they have to do is intense. It's a lot, yeah. So at the end of the day, like no, be understanding, right? Like no, you have to really be understanding. That's why, like I through seeing my wife's journey, I've really like the level my level of compassion, like and just understanding about women in general has skyrocketed because you look and you see like after. Yeah. After like having a child, you look at a woman looking at her body. She's like, "Wow, like my body's Bruh. gone through this. It's gone through that. <laughs> it's gone through this." And then your feelings and your emotions are like, one minute yeah. you've got you've gone through looking buff, doing sissy or loge at everybody's wedding, yeah. and then now you're like, "Ah, look, I'm not. I can't fit into this dress anymore. I have to get this dress now. I have to do this now." Like yeah. it's all those conflicting thoughts, and then you know, like. Sometimes it's like like hubby is there trying to say, babe, you're still beautiful, you're That's amazing, but you're still challenging yeah. yourself. Like, yeah. I know I feel like I'm ugly exactly because how I feel as well. Do you understand? And so yeah. I, I really I've that's why look, sis, man, there's no there's no pressure to any woman that's listening. Not look, there's no don't allow Instagram and all these women that go, Well, I had a child, I've had four children, and look, oh. I've got a six pack. That I, you're not that person, you don't yeah. need to have a six pack. Like just look at take care of your your mental well being and your physical well being as best as you can and be happy with that. Don't allow where, society. This, to this um this snapback pressure. Where where did it begin? 
I think um, Instagram, yeah, I do definitely think that social media has made the snapback thing a lot worse. And also, like, what people don't show you as well, because like I said earlier, I didn't put on a crazy amount of weight. So if you were to see me, it's not going to, you might not think, oh my gosh, she's actually gone from like zero to 10. Mm. Obviously, I have put on weight, but then clothes can hide a lot of things. It's not just about, oh, okay, so she lost the, the baby weight. Loose skin and stretch marks, like yep. you can't really do much about. <laughs> you yep. can't do much about that. Yep. Your baby, your body has literally carried a baby for n- nine months. Like I said, forty. In my case, it was forty plus ten days. <laughs> like everything stretched to make room for this mm-hmm. baby, and it's yeah. never. No matter what I do, I can't really get rid of the stretch marks, mm-hmm. the loose skin. There's not much I can do. But my mom has. I'm how old am I? I'm almost thirty. My mom still has. The, my mum doesn't have the, the belly that she had before she had me and this is 30 plus years sometimes mm. you just have to you have to make you have to just make your peace with the fact that you're probably not gonna look snatch how you did before but yeah. what you have out of it the baby mm-hmm. and the child that I have is an absolute blessing and I wouldn't Amazing. give her back if I if even if you, you force me to she's literally mm. just I just love her so much so Amazing. it's worth yeah. it so yeah. what can I say <laughs> Do you know, it's good that you spoke on the thing about loose skin and stretch marks because I think this is probably something that, you know, these influencers and YouTubers are probably not discussing. These are probably the things that they're not they're not actually telling us. So it's good that you're actually you're actually able to say, you know, what the real is and some of the aspects of pregnancy that might not be that might not necessarily be amazing in the sight of society. Um, mm. And I think that's good. So obviously, if there's anything else that, you know, you could throw out there to kind of dispel some myths, then. By all means, do do throw them out, boy, because this is real talk, real walking it. So it's obviously imperative that we do give the real rather than just coming in and saying, "Oh my gosh, yeah, pregnancy is amazing." And then, I mean, in my case, my pregnancy was pretty like because there's also a lot of negative stories out there, including obviously there's a lot on black maternal health in Mm -hmm. the papers, yeah, and that was a massive thing for me when I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. So around the time that I was newly pregnant was when um the youtuber nicole thea god god rest her soul when Mm. she had passed away from childbirth right well actually let me not say from childbirth sorry i don't know the the reason that she passed away but her and her her child obviously was very very tragic what happened Mm -hmm. so because of that i was anxious for pretty much my entire pregnancy like i was so scared and also there's a lot of people on social media now we we are in a generation of sharing and transparency, which can be absolutely brilliant if yeah. somebody's in the thick of it. But also, mm-hmm. it can be very dangerous if, like, I was just coming across all these miscarriage stories in my first yep. twelve weeks, yep. and or ectopic pregnancies, and all of these different things. And I was just so terrified that I probably would have stressed myself, God forbid, into a miscarriage because I was so stressed about it like I didn't even want to get too excited when I was telling people I was pregnant I was like yeah but it's not 12 weeks yet so I'm not gonna like don't get too excited the first 12 weeks it was horrendous for me because I just was so scared that I would oh. carry even after the 12 weeks again because I was spending so much time on all these social media pages that I had followed because I wanted to find out more about pregnancy obviously it was my first pregnancy and my first child mm-hmm. but then in doing that you also see the negative stories so even like all these forums that you can these apps like what to expect there's peanut all these different apps people will come on there and, and share their horrible stories as well so I'd see stories of women like oh I went for my 20 week scan and the doctor couldn't find a heartbeat or you know I my I found out that the baby that I'm carrying has this diagnosis or this diagnosis so it, it, it got to a point where I was just consumed with so many negative stories yeah. I would find the most obscure possible thing that could be wrong and I'd panic about 
this is right. what if my baby has this what if my baby it was I feel so sorry for my husband god bless him because I I was probably a nightmare in fact mm. I was a nightmare to so my friends who had had babies before my I was stressing them every single day like is this normal even now in the postpartum period now that I have a baby mm. obviously I didn't I haven't never had a newborn before so yeah. she'll do all these different things and I'm like is this yeah, normal yeah yeah <laughs> okay yeah yeah I will I'm, yeah I can't sleep properly because I'm looking at her. Is she breathing? Is she okay? I'm touching yep. her chest to see if she's like, you know, it's, it's, it's really a lot. And it doesn't, my friend had told me when I was pregnant, my friend said, you need to, to find a way to manage this anxiety because it's not going to stop when you have children. Because yeah. once, like, mm. like I just said, once, once the child gets here, you start, you go from worrying about, is my baby going to make it? Am I going to come out of this thing alive? To is, is my baby going to be okay? Is she breathing? Yeah. And then obviously there was horrible that, um, this man that lost his daughter recently to to cancer, she was only eight months old. Yeah, that obviously yeah. happened. All of these different things, they just yeah. kind of consume you. So right, for me, yeah. if anybody's pregnant, first of all, I would say like it got to a point I had to take a break from social media. That time when I, I took yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, it's because mm. I, and that was towards the end of my pregnancy. I, it was just too much. Like I couldn't. I was just seeing so many negative stories. I couldn't sleep. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. I was never at peace. My whole mind. I was giving myself headaches. Yeah. And everyone was like, "You need to calm down for the sake of your baby." My heart rate, my mm-hmm. entire pregnancy, was over a hundred beats per minute. Wow. Literally every day time I would go to the doctor for a checkup, they'd do my heart rate. Until the day I gave birth, even after I gave birth, it was consistently 110, 150 because I was wow. just so anxious all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. Um so I say all of this to say if you're pregnant, like there's a lot of things that you, you need to do to help yourself, which mm-hmm. I wish I had done and I could have done better, aside from trusting God, because that's one thing, and that is like people say, Oh, just trust God. And I think trusting God the practicalities of it sometimes can be a lot harder than than it looks, especially when you're just surrounded by all of this negativity. So that's why I say you need to do things to to help you trust God and, and to just think the best, which is staying off social media, talking to people who will encourage you, yeah. like praying and just making peace with whatever happens is ultimately God's will. Yeah. Um, yeah I was going to say, I, I think one of the... Sorry, um, one of the things that, that we can definitely draw out is, you know, the 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 need to have people in your circle, the need to have people around you that have walked the walk that you want to walk or people that have already done what you're doing. Because obviously if you didn't have pregnant friends around you, if you didn't have friends, you have kids or babies rather, it might have been a bit more challenging because you might have, Mm -hmm. you might have had to walk through this battle with less people. Um, So I think it's obviously good that you're, you are able to ask people the relevant questions when, which would obviously give you a bit more comfort and that sort of stuff. So Mm -hmm. I think it definitely shows the importance of having people around you who, who have already experienced what you're experiencing. Um, because at least, you know, that way we can obviously help each other out in, in areas that we need. Do you know what I mean? So even for me listening to this, this is obviously quite refreshing. I know I know when my time comes, I'm going to be bombarding the both of you with questions and, and all of my fears and all of my anxieties and, and everything. Because because I think to myself, why am I here struggling when I know that someone else has gone through what I've already gone through? Who <laughs> yeah. can soothe my fears rather than me trying to, you know, flex yeah. and be a big man and not ask relevant questions. So it, it really just goes to show the importance of having people around you that have already done what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Facts. Yeah. Like I, I love the, I love, I love Ores transparency because guys, nearly a hundred percent of what Ores said, it was my whole experience. And I'm, I'm uh, some people might be listening to this and going, but you're a man though. Do you really care? And a lot of men may not really care. And they kind of leave pregnancy to like the woman or their wife or whatever. 
but I was fully immersed and involved in the pregnancy journey. The only difference mm. was I wasn't carrying my, my daughter. But for me, I was ridiculously anxious because I, I know loads of married couples that, you know, had, um, what's it, ectomic, uh, help me out, ectopic yeah, pregnancies is or miscarriages. So an ectopic pregnancy is when the um, embryo, if it's even an embryo at that stage, instead of um, implanting within the, the uterus where it's, and the womb of a woman where it should be, yeah. it, it gets stuck in, in the fallopian tube. Yeah, and an ectopic pregnancy is not viable. So whilst the egg might be, whilst everything is fertilized, it's not going to develop into a. Um, unfortunately, it's not going to develop into a baby. And mm-hmm. sometimes they can get very serious. Some women, you basically you have to have surgery to remove that pregnancy. Yeah. Some people make it out with their fallopian tubes and the whole uterus intact. Some people they might have to have a fallopian tube removed, yeah. and it's also dangerous to the the mother as well. It can be yeah. very, very dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. And then still births and, you know, like miscarriages. And I was absolutely fearful because I was like, me growing up, one of the, one of the, the dreams I've always had is to have a family, you know, so family means a lot to me. Um, and so, you know, when I found out my wife was pregnant, I think first it was shock, which I know, I know for sure Gabs is, I know Gabs will feel that. That one will shock Gabs. <laughs> And I know, I know, I know. Gabs is gonna hit me up like, bro, wow. <laughs> like it's happening, like, it's happening. I know it's gonna shock him when they say he's shock up. Like, no one is gonna. It's really gonna like. It's really gonna shock like that. That and for me, because I was thinking, what's gonna happen to my missus? What's gonna happen in terms of the house? What's gonna happen for this? What's gonna happen for that? How, how's uh, how are we gonna ensure that the baby's gonna be safe? What if the doctors tell us that? There's something up with the child. Yeah. What if they tell us that the child is disabled? Yeah. So this was oh. going through my mind. Listen, yeah. Same. I had the worst two weeks after here. I was excited, but I was the most fearful I've ever been in my life because I was like, I don't want anything to happen to my I wife. I was only two I, weeks. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, the, fir- fr- fr- the, first, the first shock, the first shock until I like calmed down and then, all the other extra things was added because at that time I was like, ah, having a baby, are you sure? Because I don't want any bad news. I don't want anything. After the two weeks, I was like, okay, cool. This is the reality. My wife is pregnant, but I'm still shook. I don't want my wife. If What if my wife is driving and someone is stupid on the road? I was very, I was trying to mm. micromanage a lot of things. I was yeah. trying to, if my wife was going out, I was like, where are you going? Drive slow. Um, oh, I'm going to see my friend in South London. I'm like, babe. I'm I'm checking the time that she's coming, but I'm like, babe, you can't stay. And this is not to govern her. Like, it was just because I'm not with her. Mm-hmm. I do, do you understand? So I'm trying to micromanage all of those things, like, all, like ch- making sure she, she's eating well, making sure that with the church that we've planted, that she's not doing the most X, Y, and Z. So all those things were going on. And then, you know, same for us. Like we had a few scares as well, even towards the end, like Mrs. had a f- like food poisoning. Um, she had E. coli um, a week before daughter was born and that caused a lot of scares. There were t- the other bits and pieces which a lot of black women face in, yeah. the, in the health system, whatever. Misdiagnosis happened as well. So all of that, like, oh. so I was proper. And then at the same time, like, you have to remember, 
my wife is a human being as well. So she's got all those feelings. So imagine if I'm anxious and she sees that, she's yeah, not going to be anxious. If she's anxious, the baby's going to yeah. feel the pressure of, bro. So it's a cycle. So a lot of my pains, I could only tell my wife after she yeah. gave birth. I, I was like, babe. Right bro, I was like, babe, if I told you X, Y, and Z that was going through my mind, I said, trust me, you would have had serious levels of hypertension and I don't know what would have happened to the baby. Even when like there was the scale with the E. coli stuff and whatnot, I, my head was spinning because she was doing multiple checks like X, Y, Z. The church was running as well and there was no one to like, um, to, 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 to support my bro. I, mm-hmm. I mean, at leadership level, I was, I was all over the place. Like, Literally, God came through for us, but I was thinking, what's going to happen? Is that going to affect the baby? Because they were talking about if the if the the baby might uh, feel the effects of the poisoning as well, and that might fe- not just affect the birth, but might also have long term effects on. The- Bro, my head was spinning. It was yeah. all over the place. So it even just reminded me that I caught coronavirus at twenty eight weeks pregnant. I completely forgot. <laughs> you see, so there's a lot. Look, there's a lot of things like it's a re- it's a real thing that you know people go through and. If you're engaged, like, you know, for the woman, it's it's one million things. But as a man, like, if you're really involved in your wife's life or, you know, your partner's life or whatever, and you really care, you will also be invested in everything that's yeah. going on. And so, for me, that was the case. Like, I can't say I was just watching my wife and going, ah, well, she's pregnant and I'll leave. No, I fully was immersed on the journey. I went to most of the checkups as well. I think there was only one that I didn't go to. Went to the um, prenatal classes as well to find out about, you know, pregnancies and the different types of um what do they call that thing um whether it's gas and air or pain relief that's what they call it so all those different things reading books about childbirth reading books about how to be a good parent all of that stuff i was really trying to immerse myself in all of that because i'm like look like this is this is this is real now like it's a real journey so even as even as a man involved like and i've spoken to I've spoken to other dads that are there that are, you know, involved in their kids' life. And they're like, look, bro, you've been on the same path as well. And I thank God that, you know, there were men that I could speak to that had been through similar scenarios, if not the same, but very similar scenarios as well. So having that circuit of people that have been there before you and that are, or whether they're in the same like space as well. Because thankfully, my wife also had friends who were pregnant at the same time. So they were doing Mother's Club nearly every day, like yeah, literally doing conference calls and every, they were always chatting to each other. So while I was at work, like she had a lot of companies, like she was amongst her friends who were also, you know, with child and whatnot. So thankfully there was that. And I also had like, you know, I was also able to chat with my friends who, they, you know, their wives were pregnant or my friends who already have kids and are well ahead in the journey. So it was good to have that, but it just goes to show you how real that journey is. And that's just pre, pre the child coming Honestly. after the child comes or more like, or I said, <laughs> that thing is still there. Like even, even my, my daughter now, like I'm, I'm all like, I'm trying not to micromanage her life, but I'm looking at, is the house safe proof? Is she gonna trip over those toys? Bloody, bloody, like all the bro. How, it's a how, bro, how do you combat that then? How 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 do you combat those kind of thoughts? You know, <laughs> the honest truth is that when I speak to other parents as well and go look, like as a parent, as much as you love them, you can't micromanage their lives to the point where they're not gonna trip over and graze their knee, or they're gonna like even today, like daughter was playing in the garden. She fell, she fell on the, she fell, um, she fell, fell, fell and grazed her hand. 
Like, and she, there was a grace there, and in my mind, I'd be like, ah, but there's nothing I can do about that. Do you understand? So, I've had to always consistently remind myself, look, you can't. Cannot... Like, sorry, you see things like that, yeah? Is it different yeah. if it's a girl or a boy? Or is the reaction um, still the same? Really, as a girl. I th- no, I think I'm just it's... saying generally, generally. Like, if it was a boy, Iman, would you feel any different if she fell? If, if I'm being very honest, no, because I, for my child, I wouldn't want them to go through stuff like that. But then I don't want to lie and say there's no, I don't want to lie and say that there's no, um, there's no bias there because I'll be lying. I, I think that there is, but or I might be able to, or I might be able to answer. I was going to well. say for me as a, as a mother, probably not like, no, <laughs> there's not going to be any difference because you're just always going to think about, you, you just always think about your child. You want the best for your child. I mean, I had to say to my mom, like, how have you done this for almost 30 years? Because I am six weeks in and I honestly feel like I cannot do this because, <laughs> yeah. because like, I just want to watch my child all the time. I'm yeah. inspecting every nappy. I'm inspecting her skin. I'm looking at every little thing and I'm just thinking, you know, you just want the best for them. Like she's yeah. only six weeks old and I'm like, is she hitting her mouth? I would advise new parents not to do this and I'm mm-hmm. trying to stay away from this. But, you know, you have these milestones that your child is supposed to hit within their first year of life. Right. And sometimes if they're a little bit delayed in, or or advanced well, usually if they're a little bit delayed not really advanced in yeah. meeting them they can sometimes be an indication of something more sinister so mm-hmm. i'm sitting here and i'm looking at everything and i'm like oh my god is she gonna hit all her milestones is she gonna be able to walk is she gonna be able to talk what's her life gonna be like how is she gonna be as she gets older i had mm-hmm. to say to my mom how have you done this for 30 years my mom said I'm, i don't do what you do i just have to trust god with my children because <laughs> yeah. trust me. Just gonna find yourself mad thinking about trust every me. possible eventuality that could happen trust um, me yeah, so I, I don't think, I think if I had a boy, and by God's grace, when I have a boy, I don't think it's going to be any different just because the heart of a mother is always just to want the best for her child. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would say similar, like when when we would call our parents and say, oh, like this has happened or that's happened or they're sneezing. Or, oh, see, oh, they're only sneezing and you're making mouth or you're <laughs> whatever. Like, ah, oh, it's normal. Like my mom would be like, look, do you know, when you were born, you sneezed like a million times. So we knew that you were going to be a sneezer. Even up to today, when I sneeze, I would sneeze real hard. So I was like, look, right? They were, like, they were, like, obviously as grandparents, they're all, you know, lovey-dovey or whatnot. But they're just like, look, chill. It's okay. Like they've <laughs> been parents before, you know, and we know, obviously, in this day and age, I think social like social media is very good, but it can mm-hmm. also be very, like, you can think mm. that, oh, if my child does this, because someone will make a post and go, well, if, you're, if your child sneezes two times like this, there's a likelihood that yep. your child might have, you know, rabies or something like that. And everyone will be like, ah, I watched their Instagram video and yep. it's like someone's mum said X, Y, Z. Literally, and it's like, stop bro, about everything. do you understand? So thankfully, when you've got people like that around you, it helps you, it, it helps you settle yourself in certain areas. So sometimes like I'll either go to my wife, maybe my, you know, my, my well, wife's mum is a community nurse. So, you know, there's advice there. My mum is, um, is a nursery manager. So she's worked with kids all her, her professional life. So thank God, like we've got professionals in our space who, if there have been any issues and they are genuinely issues, we more, more, most of the time we know what to do. We know how to deal with it. We know how to tackle it. But at the same time, to alleviate the stress and the pain, they're also there going, look, they're okay. Don't worry. Don't overdo it. Don't overthink it. So that's also, you know, to Gabs's question as well, like 
that's one of the main ways that I've been able to settle myself. And for me, my mom's a vet. She had five kids. So, yeah, so for me, you it's know, like... Whenever I, used to, um, whenever I used to get anxious, I used to think there's people who have done this sure. and they've had 14 children. All 14 <laughs> children are fine and they Trust did not me. die. That's exactly what I used to tell myself Trust every time me. I'd get so anxious. Trust me. Moms, our moms are vets so you know when they're saying what they're saying let's trust them because they've been there they've gone through it some of them even like when the nhs was in a worse state they had us during those times and then some 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 of the stories that my mom shares with me about you know even me or my siblings being born and the state of hospitals the state of you know staff and stuff like bruh it was horrendous you understand so you know from over three decades ago so it's like you know, we're in a better space. It doesn't mean that, you know, bad stuff can't happen, but in comparison to what our parents have been through, like our mothers have been through, you know what, like we're blessed, we're okay. And now we have the advancements of technology. Now we've got the advancements of, you know, for children, you, there's all these medicines, there's all these, you know, children's gadgets. Now you've got baby, you've got baby cots that are electric. They were just, instead of you having to wake up and be rocking the child, the motor will be doing it for you. You've got lullaby machines. You've got lighting eggs. You've got mm. um, milk warmers. All of those stuff like there to help you, you know, make the help the journey become more easy as well as books, as well as videos, as well as, you know, experts as well. So thankfully, we've come a long way in life, but that doesn't take away from the challenge, the real life challenges of things that go on in your mind, as well as the fact that they are also you know, the real life scenarios where people do have bad encounters, not just in the healthcare system, but people have real life issues. People have pre-existing medical issues, which can potentially affect it. And on top of that, on the other side, there's, you know, women that, you know, are, that can't, you know, have children themselves. And there are so many things that you have to think about and consider. But yeah, I was going to say though, for people, another thing I would say, for for people that are listening is be sensitive like don't be jumping at people and be saying when are you going to be having your next oh child God. or when are you going to be having a child period like you know, don't yeah, ask that, love that don't say or don't be going up to women saying are you pregnant or you're looking at a woman's belly and you're like are you pregnant because i've heard way too many hit and miss stories where people will go up to a woman and go are you pregnant and the woman is actually not pregnant and it's too it's too mm. much like this in our trying to be in our someone's life and you know, in their face, like we have to be so sensitive. You, you know, don't know what people are going through. I think it's people trying to build relationships with people and probably going about it the wrong way. I think obviously right. things think like pregnancy time, is a great yeah. way to communicate in it with people. So I think women probably think this is a great way that we can communicate with each other by talking about whether it's kids, beauty and that sort of stuff. So it's so easy for a woman to, or maybe if it's a man, I don't know, but it's so easy for someone men, to be yeah, like, trust. Oh no, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about men as well. Well, oh, many yeah. I think it's ignorance. Men have, men it's have ignorance. absolutely no business asking women if they're pregnant. I, I yeah, would not, tell you that for free. They're the main man. corporates. They're the main corporates. Sis. The yeah. main stories I've heard are men. That's terrible. Yeah, I think so, I think it's ignorance, man. I think it's one, it's ignorance, and two, it's probably a bad way to make conversation. So I mean, yeah. So it's, that's why I'm highlighting for the man them now. Please don't make that mistake. Don't make that mistake. Let them tell you first. Don't Just go and be saying, Look, keep yeah, quiet. trust me, keep quiet. <laughs> if you have an inkling or God even told you in a revelation, keep that one to yourself. Don't go and be <laughs> saying, oh, are you pregnant? No, that's none of your business. And I'm, I'm not saying that to be rude. I'm saying that that in a, in, a, in a sense of save yourself the trouble, 
like is pregnancy having children is not an easy topic of discussion we need to remove ourselves from primary school narrative oh two people come together they have yeah. sex and have children trust me ha huh? Omar, this thing is multi-layered. Having children is multi-layered. It's more complex than you think. And it's becoming even more harder as the days go on with more health issues, with more whatever. It is not as uh. easy as you may think. So even if your mom just popped out children and that's how you did life and that's what you do, trust me. Be just be respectful towards people and don't ask them. Like Keep what you're thinking to yourself and let them tell you. Don't go and insert yourself and be telling are asking them or telling them, ah, oh, you look pregnant or you should go, you should be having children by now. What's your mm. business with whether they should be having children by now? You should have had a house by now, bro. What's going on? <laughs> that you should be having children it, by bro. now is a very like auntie-ish thing to say. I feel like only, I hope our generation has moved past that because it's only really aunties and uncles that say things like that. Ah, uh, no, people hope. that would be going to It's not just aunties, bro. Nah, it's a lot of young people as well. They'll go to your wedding and then three months after, ah, uh, we know that you're ready to have... How do you know that we're ready to have children, bro? Yeah, no. How do you, bro, do you even know what married life is like? Before you're now say, telling us, or sis, as well as bros and sis, you, do you know what it's even like before you'll now be telling us to have... What if we can't have? What uh, if they can't have? And they've been trying... And they're going through a process where they're actually coming to terms with the fact... Because you know what? You know the honest truth, guys? And maybe this is something that adds, you know, another level of nuance to the conversation. There are couples, they even before they get married, maybe the husband tells, or maybe the guy tells the woman, you know what? I'm very infertile. I can't have children. I We won't be able. Or the woman goes to the guy, look, I've got this condition. I can't have children. And they go into marriage knowing that they won't be able to have children. It's not just, because I think there's, I think sometimes there's this notion that people only find out that they can't have kids when they get into marriage. No, a lot of couples go into marriage knowing that there's a very strong chance or no chance at all of them having kids. You're now coming and saying, when are you going to have children? And I imagine if they're going for a process of like healing or counseling and stuff like that, getting their mind around the fact that we're only doing life together without the possibility of having our own biological children. Maybe they can adopt, maybe they can, you know, foster or whatever, but they won't be able to have biological children. And you're now coming in talking about you should be having children by now. When are you going to be having children? We need to, just like we're saying, we need to educate ourselves on sex and we need to educate ourselves on race and we should educate ourselves on X, Y, Z. Let's educate ourselves on pregnancy, the topic of having children, because it's not just as simple as one bang, have a child and we move on, go to the next one. It's just so, you know, whatever. And the example that, you know, for example, the example that... um that um that Ore gave not too long ago but i think her, i think her name is azariah god god bless her soul the the young the young azalea yeah azalea that had um that she had cancer and she was eight months and she died last week or she died this week like imagine now you know people like a few months down the line going you know uh, you know what happened to azalea was terrible but when are you guys thinking of having another one ah, like, it's just it's insensitive and a lot of people lack, lack, um, what do you call it? Emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is not just for boyfriend and girlfriend, no. Facts. It's for all manner of relationships. Yeah. And people, like, don't be, like, I wouldn't ever be surprised if people went to them, even if it was after a year or two years or three years. It's none of your business. It really is. If isn't. they don't, what if they don't want to have children again? What if they say, look, 
what happened to our daughter is probably the most traumatic experience we we will ever want to go through and we don't want to have children again. But you'll now be saying, oh, it's, it's been a couple of years now. How about have another child to make you happy? Do you think that life works that way? Life is, life is so much more like, so yeah, man, I know I'm sounding passionate, but I think it's a real topic that is quite dear to me. Not that I, you know, I've, I've had a, I personally had a bad experience per se, but I've seen too much in life. I've been around too much in life. Yeah. I know people that have gone through stuff like that, that I have to make people aware, you know, it's a podcast and maybe it's gone too serious. I apologize, but yeah, man, you know how passion gets me. But no, yeah, I man. think it's important <laughs> to highlight that, but also because I know how um, anxious, I think I, I, I'm generally somebody that has a, a bit more of an anxious disposition anyway. And it's something that right. I'm literally praying and getting counseling for because it's actually become a big impediment for me in, in yeah. terms of lifestyle. Yeah. So um, so the reason I'm, I'm interjecting here is because if I had heard this pre-marriage, pre-pregnancy, I would have been sitting there and listening to what you're saying <laughs> would have just contributed mm. to my anxiety even further. And I would have, yeah. I spent so long pre-marriage wondering would I even be able to get pregnant on top of Mm -hmm. that I mentioned how there were some medical conditions that I had to um deal with prior to in fact I even found out when the year I was going to get married and I was like to my husband you know if you don't want to marry me it's fine that kind of thing if I had heard this kind of stuff at that time and where I was in my life then I would have just spent I spent so long even though we still decided to wait two years anyway I spent that entire two years thinking am I making the right decision what Mm. if you know when when two years comes I might not be able to get pregnant and Mm -hmm. it was just all for nothing because I prayed and you know by God's grace we conceived and I'm I'm not there yet because I I would just have one child and she's only six weeks old and I'm already thinking would I be able to have more children but what Mm. I'm saying is it is the Lord when it comes to children the Mm. Bible is very clear it is mm-hmm. the Lord that gives children and children yeah. are a gift from God. So no matter what medical condition, no matter what, you know, your friends are going through, no matter what the doctor has told you, God, will, mm-hmm. when it comes to children, God has the final say. I've heard so many stories Man. of people who were told Man. they will never have children, yet they mm-hmm. have children. Some people who yeah. have waited 10 years and then the God, God has given them twins or triplets or, you know, there's people who thought it was going to be difficult to conceive. They conceived straight away and then they conceived mm. again and then they conceived again and they just keep having children. Uh. Ultimately, I'm really passionate about this as well because I know when it comes to children, it's the Lord that gives children. The Bible says, you know, he gives and he takes away. Blessed, blessed, blessed is his name. When it comes to children, 100%, children are a gift from God and the Bible is so uh. clear on that. And it's only mm. him that will give that. And if that's mm. what your heart's desire is, like none of us will ever know until we try. And, you know, mm-hmm. Even if things don't go the way we expect them to be, God is still good. Like when it comes to children, you just have to give that one to God because none of us truly know. Trust me, that's very good. That's very good. Uh, uh, it's been a good conversation, guys. Wow, that definitely. was fresh, man. It's definitely <laughs> been a good conversation, man. This has definitely been refreshing. I know we, um, you know, I don't know if you remember, we've done an episode on babies early with the podcast journey. I can't even remember, you know. I think it was when you first when you first had yours. I think, I think okay, early. I think it was like episode fourteen or twelve or something like that. Okay, I can't even remember. You know, yeah, it was early. No, so this was obviously refreshing and, and and good to hear, man. Yeah, um, you got a scripture, bro, that you want to close with, bro. I think Ori already gave us. The, she already gave us the preach. So I'm I'm happy to forfeit my. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to forfeit mine because I'm happy with those scriptures. I think ultimately it's God give that God who gives and God who truly takes but at the same time is being reminded that it's god that you know can bless there's 
you know, in the Old Testament, if I remember correctly, from, from Genesis all the way to the New Testament, there were, the Bible records seven women. There was loads more, but there were seven specific women that the Bible highlights as being barren. And all of those women, um, all of those women that had child, including Sarah, including Hannah, including Samson's mom, including um, Elizabeth, they all had, they all had children that made waves in the Bible. John the Baptist came out of it. Isaac came out of it. Samson came out of it. Samuel, the prophet Samuel came out of it. And so they, these were key pivotal people that helped shape the formation of Israel, did great things in the sight of God. Yes, so it's one of those ones where I believe even in Isaiah, Isaiah says, Isaiah 54, 55, I think, says single barren woman for the children that you will have will be more than those that already have. And I, I'm a firm believer that God can bless the barren, yeah. uh, barren women. I believe I've heard a lot of stories as well of God being able to bless those, whether it's, it's not just the women who, you know, are barren as well. Sometimes it's the men as well, but either way, God is able. I'm, I'm always one who's optimistic. I'm one who's always full of faith. So I want to say, even if the odds are against you, even if the odds are stacked against you, we serve a God who can give, who can do the impossible. And so I want to encourage someone today that look, God can actually do the impossible, but even if not, God is still faithful. He is still good and he can still do wonderful and great things through your marriage. He can still increase the love. He can still maybe give you adopted or fostered children. He can give you spiritual children. Like there's so much that is like is able to be done. And for those who may have, have, have lost the child, our thoughts and our love and our prayers are, are for you that God will restore your hearts and that God will um, spread his continue to spread his love abroad in your hearts and give you the joy of your salvation. Mm-hmm. Even though you may feel like you've lost something, that but God will restore your joy and put a smile back on your faith. And for those who maybe have had a child, maybe who's disabled or, you know, has, you know, has some medical issues. We're also praying with you that God gives you the strength. He gives you the enablement to continue to be the great and amazing parent that you are. I encourage you to stand strong. I know what it is to be a parent. It is not easy all the time, but listen, children, the Bible says that children are the heritage of the Lord. So (laughs) be faithful in guarding your children, be faithful in teaching your children, because trust me, there's a great reward in it. So yeah, this this has been a great conversation, by the way, guys, I've really, I've really enjoyed this conversation. You know, it's been good. It's been good. Thanks for the words. Thanks for the knowledge. Thanks for the nuggets for sure, man. Um, guys, if you've got any questions, thanks for listening. By all means, don't hit me up because I'm not even experienced like that. But hit up me, man, and hit up Ore. I'm not going to be out here speaking about something I don't have the range, but hit up Ore. But women, if you're if you're anxious and pregnant, you can hit me up and we can chat because I really know what that's like. Sure, I'm, me, I'm here. I'm, I'm I'm here. I may not know it all, but what I do know, I can share. I can pray with you guys. What you know, I'm I'm here. Let's 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 talk. Let's let's do what we have to do. You know, but yeah, we'd love to continue the conversation. This is it, man. We're all out here trying to help each other. So keep the conversation going, and we all learn and get better. Right, guys, we're signing out. Thanks for listening, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. Peace.